Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Monday, and the biggest news, I think, uh, if you have not heard yesterday, there was a, uh, I guess, a, hom- a homicide. I don't know how else. A, a man drove his vehicle through a Christmas parade up in um, uh, Wisconsin, and uh, so they've caught him. They're charging him with five counts of intentional homicide, and the story seems to be developing as we're talking. So, uh, you know, certain. Yeah, they news- just did a news conference. Did you get a chance to see it? Mm-mm. I didn't either, but uh, just looking at some initial headlines from it, uh, that apparently this uh, man had a history, a criminal, uh, 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 a criminal record that goes mm-hmm. back, and apparently he was out on bail that was set pretty low. Yeah, a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two days before this happened. Yeah, yeah. And he's posted uh, a number of, um, I guess, uh, pro. Uh, or some people are calling radical uh, views about police and things like that. And so, uh, you know, there's obviously a question there as what's going on. But, again, a motive hasn't been released. And I, some media outlets are trying to downplay what's happening. Um, you know, Illinois Democrat said that it was karma um, and that, you know, that's what you get. It was self-defense. Is that, clearly. It, oh, oh, is that the uh, Democrat who had just resigned? Because one of the Democrats, I don't know who you're talking about, but there was an Illinois uh, Democrat who portrayed what happened in that tragedy as a payback for the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. Yep. Uh, uh, I didn't and hear she's that. now resigned. Oh, her wow. name is Mary Lemansky, and uh, she uh, resigned as her uh, social media director of the Democratic Party of DuPage County. Um yeah, and apparently, um, you know, it's, she's not the only person who said there have been a number of celebrities who have said the same thing, a number, number of uh, political commentators who've said the same same type of thing. Uh, and just real quick to, uh, you know, look at this loss of life and and find a way to politicize it or downplay it is, is pretty astounding. Well, I, I you know, I want to say a couple of things. Uh, there were uh, Alveda King was on earlier this morning on a news station that I saw. And, you know, this is uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she said something that I thought was really instructive. She said, if, you know, when something like this happens, my, my first thing that I do, because my grandfather taught me this and my uncles taught me this, my dad taught me this, that you step back and take a look within yourself. Is there fear or hate that is there because of what's going on. That's going to make me react in a way that isn't God, you know, God honoring it. It, it isn't a way that is right. If, if fears there or hate there, either one of those, mm-hmm. I mean, you can hate an act, but not a person because of an act. Cause we're all guilty of the death of Christ. And we have to 
remember that as believers, you know, when we when we see horrific things happen and you want to look angrily at somebody else because they've done something even as horrific as this young man is alleged to have done, you got to step back and go, well, I killed Christ. I'm my death. You know, I mean, my mm-hmm. my sin is why Christ had to die, and we forget that sometimes because we're all on level ground, you know, before the cross. Doesn't mean we can't get mad. It's tragic what happened. It's awful. I can't even imagine the carnage that people saw and witnessed. And so she said that today, and I just really was struck by that. I, I've always enjoyed her perspective on things. Um, I know some people don't like her perspective because they – they she doesn't toe the party line sometimes of what people think she should mm-hmm. but i've always appreciated some of the things that she said but you know as you think about what happened up there even even going back i've i've really been amazed taylor as i've watched on social media how people have responded to the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict Things that have been said, Mm -hmm. for instance, people said, well, if it had been a black teenager instead of a white teenager, he would have been found guilty. Well, they'll say even more than that. He would have died before he he never would have made it out that night alive. Now, that is there's Mm -hmm. two instances. I don't know if you heard about of of, uh, black men shooting at police officers and getting off on self-defense because the police never. indicated who they were they never identified yeah themselves. and so that that one was in florida um down in vero and the other was uh, uh happened during the riots and stuff uh last year up in kenosha and, and yet we're supposed to believe that the system is only uh out to help quote-unquote white supremacists when i think those two cases that happened just in the same week show that justice um is still blind in regard to race um but, you know, that's just my yeah, opinion. One, one of them is a guy named Andrew Coffey, mm-hmm. who was found not guilty of murder and attempted murder in the Indian Rivers County SWAT raid. Yep. And he was he he literally, if you looked at him, he could be a black version of Kyle Rittenhouse as far as how young he is. Mm-hmm. Right. And so people people what a lot of people don't know. Um, in fact, let me just ask you, did you know? That Kyle Rittenhouse was putting out a dumpster fire that people were rolling to the gas station to try to blow the gas station up. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Did you know that the police in Kenosha was ordered to stand down? That I didn't know that there was an official order. They were ordered to stand down as businesses were being destroyed. Did you know that Kyle's dad and his grandmother... And friends all lived in Kenosha, uh, where you know, which he didn't. He he lived with his mother twenty minutes away, but people go, well, he didn't have a right to be there. Well, he did. His dad was there, and his grandmother was there, and he had friends there, and he worked there. He did have a job there. Uh, did you know that Joseph Rosenbaum knocked him down twice and then tried to kick him with lethal force to the head? Did you know that? Mm. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. Um, uh, did a lot of people didn't know that Gage Grosskreutz was a felon mm-hmm. in possession of a firearm yep. aimed at Kyle first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, all this stuff was brought out in the trial, which was so different 
Do you know that people over in other countries actually believe that the people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot was black? They didn't. They don't even know. People in this country still believe that. Yeah, because that's the media narrative they put out there. Uh, people said that it was illegal for him to have a gun, uh, which it wasn't. The gun he had was legally owned by him as a 17-year-old. Legally could, possessed by him. I mean possessed, yeah. yeah. It was possessed by him, not owned, but it was possessed by him. Uh, he never crossed state lines with a gun. The gun was already there. The rifle, by the way, it wasn't a gun. Uh, this is my rifle. This is my gun. Um, anyway, um, uh, people also didn't know that Rosenbaum was a five-time convicted child rapist. Yep. Raped little boys. Five times. And people are holding him up as a hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's insane. I mean, I'm not saying he should die because of that, but... If you go back and look what happened, this this is no hero. He's being hailed as a hero by people. What's the uh, biblical standard for rape? Isn't it death? Oh yeah, that I mean that's what they did back in the Bible. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, uh, but, but but nobody's talking about that. Uh, Grosskreutz was a convicted burglar with an assault. So the 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 main thing in all of that is is the media, the media is putting out a false narrative, folks. And as believers, we stand for truth. I mean, SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth. So th- these things are things that have come out in the trial. You can go and look for yourselves. See the evidence, what's there. So many people... Uh, were wrong on this because they allowed ideology to drive what they wanted to hear rather than seeking the truth of the facts. And so I, I just think that, man, we are, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. One guy said this, you know, everybody keeps talking about Kyle Rittenhouse bringing a gun across state lines. And it made me realize that the left really cares about borders. You know, <laughs> yeah, I thought I that was that. funny. Uh, anyway, um, you know, I, I know we're going to, we're going to get into the text this week. We only got five verses, Acts 10, 44 through 48. We're only here today and tomorrow live. Uh, by the way, got a good lineup for you, uh, for Wednesday, Thursday and Friday this week. If you want to listen, um, and, uh, t- take in, uh, what we are going to be replaying, uh, it all has to do with a word. Hopefully, uh, this week you'll be grateful and you will be uh, thinking about, um, you know, what's going on uh, as far as your own Bible study and your time in the Word. I know sometimes around the holidays it can get uh, a little hectic to to do that stuff, and I hope you will uh, stay tuned and uh, listen in tomorrow and Thursday. Maybe if you're sitting back on Thanksgiving not watching mm-hmm. football, which this year, is there anything really worth watching on the NFL this year? I don't. I haven't watched a lot this year. I don't. I would imagine you know the Lions are going to play and the Cowboys are going to play. They play every Thanksgiving, so yeah. Um, you know, um, I don't know if there's going to be anything good, but you just can, watch it on mute anyway. That's yeah, what yeah. we've always done. But anyway, we got Paul Miller about prayer on Wednesday uh, of this week. Ted Cunningham from Woodland Hills Family Woodlands uh, Woodlands Wood Hills Family Church in Branson. Hilarious, great for couples. 
to listen to uh, on Friday. Pastor Andrew Davis, this man has memorized over 40 books in the Bible. And then next Monday, Don Whitney from the Southern Baptist to talk about the importance of studying God's Word. All right, so make sure you tune in for those and make sure that you stay tuned. We will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we will be live today and tomorrow in the studio. And then after that, we will have uh, a number of replay episodes. Excuse me. Uh, so to this week, we are covering Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. Not a long uh, selection, but a very important one. Um, so again, today, tomorrow, we will be live. And then after that, it will be some uh, replays, which Doug laid out uh, what they are just before the break. So if you want to catch those, I'm sure he'll talk about it again tomorrow. So stay tuned tomorrow, or you can go to www.swatradio.com, click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find a full catalog of programs, including this one, in just about an hour or so. Well, uh, Taylor, we are finishing up Chapter 10 of Acts Uh which is exciting. I'm uh, when we come back from uh, our break, um, we will um, jump into chapter eleven. But you know what? We'll probably do this since we're only hitting it for two days. We're we're going to come back and hit it that week after we come back because I think it's important. It's really, really an important passage, and I really would like to deal with a lot of um, what goes on with the Holy Spirit, because 
let's just face it. There is a lot of bad theology about the Holy Spirit out there in the church in America and even throughout the world. People have uh, taught things about the Holy Spirit that just aren't biblical. And in an effort to uh, try to, uh, I, I don't know if it's they, they want to feel better about things they may have been taught growing up, uh, but there is a lot of stuff about the Holy Spirit that's out there on TV, on radio and print that just doesn't line up biblically. People have to stretch really far to um, be able to try to make the connections there with what they say the Holy Spirit does. The first role of the Holy Spirit is always to glorify Jesus and the Father. I mean, that's that's the role. He's to point. The Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. He always glorifies Jesus and the Father. And so people get all caught up a lot of times in the gifts of the Spirit. And in this particular text today that you're going to read, the word is the gift singular of the Spirit, which is the baptism Jesus spoke about in John chapter 3. And so as we look at this text, I just want to set the context just a little bit for what we're going to see today. If you remember, uh, we've been progressing through Acts. If you're just tuning in, you know, Acts was written by Luke, the doctor and, uh, and guy who was uh, one of Paul's traveling companions. And he wrote Luke, I mean, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he also wrote Acts to a guy named Theophilus to explain what Jesus did, who he was, what he was about, and his ministry. And he also wrote the Acts of the Apostles to show how Christ's work continued through them. And we we have seen the church uh, start to grow when the Spirit came at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and then in Acts chapter 8, it grew to the Samaritans, and that was significant because the Samaritans were considered really half-breed Jews. They weren't really Gentiles, but they weren't Jews. Uh, I mean, they were Jewish, I mean, but they had intermarried, so they, uh, they were just a different kind of um, group. And so Peter went there to validate that the Holy Spirit really had come upon them, and uh, we see the first false convert there, really. I mean, you could say Judas was a false convert, but the Spirit had not yet been given. But at Pentecost, it had. And so there were believers uh, who had been filled with the Spirit, and Simon the magician had been baptized, but he was not a true believer. But there were many Samaritans who were. Philip, uh, the evangelist, shared the gospel. Peter goes and validates those that are true believers. Then Philip goes to Caesarea. Then we see Paul on the scene, who is Saul at this time, the chief persecutor of the church. And what happens with Saul, he's on the road to go persecute Christians in Damascus. And Jesus encounters Paul, or or really reveals himself to uh, Saul at the time. Saul has a conversion experience there, not on the road itself. He, he, uh, He is struck blind, and Jesus confronts him with his sin. He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he sends him to Damascus where he waits for three days. And then Ananias prays for him. The Holy Spirit comes on him then. And then we see now we go to Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion stationed in Caesarea. 
Peter is over in Joppa, and God gives them both visions of each other to bring them together. And so we saw a few weeks ago that God has this divinely orchestrated plan where he orchestrates his priest. He sends divinely ordained priest to come in, and there's a divine opportunity to profess. We saw that. And there's a divinely observable presence in God's people because when Peter and the six men who accompanied him from Joppa came into Cornelius' house, he said, we are here in the presence of God. And he realized there was something different about these men. And then last week we saw that the gospel starts with God. It's not partial to any group. And, and the gospel always presents the Jesus of Nazareth, human side of Jesus, as well as the divine promised Messiah side. It, the gospel always testifies to the resurrection, and it always results in true believers who become ambassadors that testify that Jesus is king, judge, and redeemer. And so this week, as we finish up in 44 through 48, we're going to see that God reveals Three things that we receive at the moment of salvation. And this is pretty universal. I mean, it's it's other than three times in the New Testament, it is normative for the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit that comes into a person that changes him from the inside out to be God's gift at the moment of salvation. That's the moment of true belief. It is God's gift. You don't have to ask for it. You don't have to seek it. It happens at the moment of belief, we're going to see that in the text. Second, it, we we see that at the moment of salvation, it, we get a privilege to make a public confession of our love and loyalty for Jesus. That that that's pretty normative. That is something that we take for granted in this country. We don't see an immediate cost. But if you were in Afghanistan or North Korea or China, or just pick a country where there's persecution of Christians. There's an immediate cost involved when somebody professes Christ there and confesses. Not so much here. Nobody's going to come and haul you off to jail yet mm-hmm. for doing that. But over there they do. But in this case, for Cornelius, there was an immediate cost for him. Third, we see a passion for fellowship with other believers, the church. So at the moment of salvation, What's ingrained into us and put into us is a passion for fellowship with other believers. So these are the three things we're going to look at this week, primarily focusing in on the provision of the indwelling Holy Spirit, how God moves and does that apart from anything we say or do to request it. He acts the moment we believe. So I'm going to have you read the text, and then we're going to come back and we're going to look at each one of these. All right. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. They were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. May God bless the preaching of his word. You know, Peter's preaching here, and what happens? The Holy Spirit just pops right down on Cornelius and those people listening and interrupts Peter. Peter, I mean, 
I know a lot of people wish the Holy Spirit would interrupt me when I'm preaching <laughs> sometime, but he interrupts um, Peter's preaching to say, okay, that's it. They believe, and I'm coming in and changing their hearts, and he does. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to what? It's to glorify Christ, to glorify the Father. And and we see at the moment that they believe, the Holy Spirit comes on them. And now, there, like I said earlier, there's a lot of false teaching that goes around about the Holy Spirit. There's a guy named Charles Caps. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Mm-mm. but he he wrote in "Can Your Faith Fail?" He said that Job was sure not under the anointing power of the Spirit when he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Wow! In fact, Caps says that was a lie. You see. The prosperity gospel says the Lord gives, but it doesn't say that the Lord takes away. And he's a believer in the prosperity gospel. I mean, but but this is out there, and people buy into that. Why? Because they want to believe that. You know, um, uh, Kenneth Copeland, who also is a big false teacher in the, uh, you know, the about the spirit and stuff. Um, he said he heard these words directly from Jesus. Um, he said, don't be disturbed when people accuse you of thinking you're God, capital G. Don't be disturbed when they accuse you of a fanatical way of life. Don't be disturbed when people put you down and speak harshly and roughly of you. They spoke that way of me. Should they not speak that way of you? The more you get to be like me, the more they're going to think that way of you. They crucified me for claiming that I was God, but I didn't claim I was God. I just claimed I walked with him and that he was in me, end quote. Wow. <laughs> Jesus didn't claim that yeah. he was God? Did he really just say that? When And don't be disturbed when people accuse you of thinking you're God. Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen, and others say Jesus died on the cross. And Gloria Copeland, Kenneth Copeland's wife, said Jesus died on the cross, took Satan's nature, and ceased to be God and went to hell for three days and was tormented. And then Jesus became born again. This is what she said. Wow. I mean, there's there some messed up theology, folks, and you need to be careful of what you listen to and what you believe. Make sure it's biblical. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, stick with us. We are up against the break. We'll be back with more in just a second. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Winter Wonderland by 
Point of Avalon? Point of Grace. Point of Grace. Oh, someone said Avalon and then Point of Grace, so that's why I got it. It may be Avalon. Up. Maybe it is Avalon. It's someone like Point of Grace. Yeah. I think it is Avalon. My mistake. Steve, you're right. That's why he's a producer. <laughs> that's why I'm not in there touching the dials or anything. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, we're back, and we were just talking about the false teaching that's out there and a lot of misinformation about the Spirit. God... One of the provisions at the moment of salvation is the indwelling Holy Spirit. And people have said and teach that you have to speak in tongues to have evidence that the Holy Spirit's in you. That's just false and it's wrong. Mm -hmm. That happened in the New Testament a couple of times to authenticate these specific groups. Listen, nowhere in the New Testament is tongue-speaking ever reported in a single person seeking God? Nowhere. Three times in Acts, it's a corporate or group conversion authentication thing, okay? So why is this important? Well, because a lot of people today want to focus more on the gifts of the Spirit than the gift, singular, of the Spirit. And this text is very clear that Peter was amazed, not at the gifts, but at the gift of the Holy Spirit. The fact that these Gentiles were believers. Listen, um, you know, we had Costi Hen on, who is Benny Hen's nephew. And he grew up in this uh, bad theology group a lot of times. A lot of these people are called word of faith, prosperity gospel preachers, people like Joel Osteen, people like, yes, I'm using names because they're mm-hmm. out there. Andrew Womack. And and if you listen to people, man, it sounds so good. They sound so right because they use a lot of the same words. They use biblical words, but not with biblical definitions. Oh, sounds like someone else. Yeah, they use biblical words, but not in biblical context. They focus on the temporary and material Instead of the spiritual and eternal. And so before you get mad and cut off the dial, listen, we have to be biblical. None of us have a corner on the truth. You're right. I'm, I can be wrong on anything just like anybody else. And I'm probably am. I'm probably going to get to heaven and go, wow, I missed that up bad. But Benny Hen's nephew, Costi Hen, was on our program. And, you know, he... He called out Joel Osteen on Larry King uh, for being a coward. Hmm. This is Benny Hinn's nephew. Um, and, you know, um, I mean, he actually said that Jesus cares more about the spiritual than your physical. Costi Hinn did. This is Benny Hinn's nephew. Uh, and now he's written a book about his whole deal. But, you know, and when, when we ask him, what were the things that led you to leave that movement, that bad theology? He said, well, I began asking my father about speaking in tongues and everything. And, and, and I took him to 1 Corinthians 14, and I asked him about what it talked about there. And he said, listen, you can't put God in a box. That was the typical answer. But I, I hung out with uh, Uncle Benny, and I watched all these things. And uh, Uncle Benny, he said, ran the whole show. And he was tied to Bill Johnson and the whole Bethel music crew out Mm. in the Northwest. So they're all into this, too. 
And they teach that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That's just simply not true, folks. That's not true. Uh, they tried to get Costi's uh, wife to speak in tongues, and it was weird. Listen, people have tried to get me to speak in mm-hmm. tongues, and they try to get you to repeat phrases after them, and you got to seek it. Listen, if it's a gift from God, you don't have to seek it. He gives it to you. You don't have to ask for the Spirit to be given to you if you are His. You just believe, and the Bible says you are born again in the Spirit. And so, um, you know, they, they, they teach that Jesus' name is some kind of magic formula, and they talk about the prosperity gospel. And I even think of a guy like Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack, guys, has been on air since 1976. Wow. He started a Bible college called Karis Bible College at 26 locations across the U.S., I have friends that have gone there. I have friends that are there now, people that we know. And it's sad to me because 90% of what Andrew Womack says sounds right. But listen to what Andrew Womack said about sickness and poverty and suffering. It is false teaching to claim that God is the one who causes people to die or that God puts sickness on you to humble you for some redemptive purpose or to perfect you through suffering. In other words, God doesn't cause you to become poor, sick, or die. Really? Did he ever read Ezekiel 4.11? Or Deuteronomy 32.39? Or 1 Samuel 2.6 and 7? That talks about sin and natural consequences and demonic things that happen? Those are the three. There's three sources of sickness. Sin, natural consequences, and demonic activity. Well, they come a lot of times because what? God allows, everything goes through his hand. Psalm 119 talks about how affliction brings us into obedience. Romans 8, 28, you know, uh, Revelation 3, 19, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Paul says these light and momentary afflictions. But Andrew Womack's view of prayer and faith, don't ask God for anything you already have it. Just speak it. Faith is believing and speaking. Well, that's not true. Now, when we pray, that should bring our will in alignment with God's will. If we are walking in abiding love with him and walking with him, then prayer is not moving God to do anything, but it's moving us along God's will and drawing us into his will so that we are led to pray for things that God wants us to pray for. So when we see them happen, that's what? Our faith is increased. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, but but there's so many people that are teaching this false stuff. Listen what it says about the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.8. What did Jesus tell the disciples? He said, Wait in Jerusalem until what? You are endowed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. John 14, Jesus teaches that the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our advocate. In uh, Ephesians 1, Paul teaches that the Holy Spirit is like a down payment for us. It is like an engagement ring that gives us this sense of eternal security that we belong to him. So God's provision of the Holy Spirit came 
It came at the moment that Cornelius believed. It came to all those people the moment it believed. Listen to what Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. I will give you a new spirit and a, a, a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Does God say anything there about us asking for it? Mm-mm. No, he says I will do it, and that's what he did to Cornelius. John fourteen sixteen. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And listen to this. It says, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So how does the spirit dwell with the disciples before before Jesus dies on the cross? How's the spirit dwelling with them? He's Because the spirit is in Jesus. Jesus is is anointed, we read that back in verse 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit while he walked on earth. You go, well, wait a minute, isn't he God? Why does he need the Holy Spirit? Because he temporarily put his power aside and he walked in a human form. And do you know there were times that Jesus could do no miracles on earth? Why? Because there was no believers there. Believers are not for unbelievers. The, the, the believing signs are for believers to see the signs and go, oh, that's Messiah. And so Jesus said, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. When? After the crucifixion and resurrection, then the spirit is given to the disciples. Listen, this is why the disciples could do nothing until the Holy Spirit actually filled them. He just it filled them. So uh, Holy Spirit comes with believing here is the Pentecost of the Gentiles, and it happens when the Spirit just comes. They didn't ask for it. It just came, and Peter was amazed, it said. Yeah, I think we got a call. Yeah, Nathan. Nathan, how are you doing today? Hey, guys. How's it going? Going well. Where are you calling from, Nathan? Just calling from Jacksonville, Florida. Awesome, Enjoyed awesome. your uh, show today. Um, just wanted to call in and, and say, uh, you know, some of the different things you guys have been talking about are very Important to discuss. Um, obviously, it's, it's hard for you know some people. They don't like calling out specific names and calling out different individuals around a lot of the names that that you guys have been talking about in the the charismatic movement. And really, for me and for my family, it was getting in the Word that really kind of brought some of these things to light. And so, for anyone out there that is you know, that's in this kind of thing and, you know, you know hesitant or skeptical, um, just get in the Word and don't read a verse out of context. Read it in context. Read the chapter. Read the book. And really dig into not necessarily what someone is telling you a verse means, but really examine it for yourself, because that's where God begins to reveal His truth to you. Uh, I remember one, one message where the person jumped off, you know, springboarded off of a verse and uh, James talking about, you know, you have not because you, I believe it was James, you have not because you ask not. Hey, hey, hey Nathan, hey, Nathan yeah. can, can you hang on yeah. through the break? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we got to go to a station break, but I really would like for you to hang on. And listen, I'm going to send you a book. So during the break, Steve's going to get your uh, address and stuff. 
And I'm going to send you a book, but hang on because I want to continue this after the news break, okay? Or after the uh, break, station break. All right? All right, so everyone stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is a soulful celebration uh, with hallelujah. Doug uh, just got a... My wife texted me and said, take a deep breath, Doug. (sighs) (sighs) Okay. I'm sorry. I get fired up. I start talking about this stuff, and I do. I get fired up about this because, like Nathan said, you got to go to the Word. And I I will say this. When people were um, trying to get me to speak in tongues and trying to take me into this bad stuff, Nathan, that drove me into the word in a way that I had never been driven there before. And, and once I got in, um, it was, it was really, it was amazing what, what I learned and went through that process. And it's made me want to be a Berean and study the word. And so, uh, I don't know, Nathan, if you have a strange fire, do you have that book by chance? Uh, name sounds familiar. Is that by? Um, it's John I MacArthur. Don't know if I have it John, John MacArthur. Yeah, name, name, name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to send you that. I, I am going to send you that. Uh, I, it's a great book where he goes through and he actually talks about the a lot of where this stuff originated from. Uh, but but go yeah. ahead and and uh, you were telling us about kind of coming out of that or or being in the word. Can go back to where you were before we went to the break. Yeah, and, and so many times people who go to, to church, 
um, you know, they their their understanding of the word is based on what they hear at church or in sermons, and they themselves, like you just t- uh, mentioned, they weren't like the Bereans. They weren't like studying daily to see if what the pastor or the preacher was saying whether that was true or not. And if they were, you know, did question something and went to the, I've heard stories of someone who was questioning um, what the, the, the exactly what the preacher was saying, and they went to them and they were given a couple Bible verses, and they went and looked at those Bible verses, but of course they probably didn't look at the context, they didn't look at anything, and they just took what the, the verses were saying in their interpretation at face value. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there was, there was one message that I remember in particular that... Um, this gentleman, who's probably an extremely famous preacher, that was being a sermon was being played at the the church I was going to, and he basically springboarded off of a verse saying, "You know, you have not because you ask not," and he springboarded off of that verse into a whole sermon about the power of almost attraction and thinking about something and thinking if you confess it enough, if you ask for it enough, you'll actually get what you want, you know, and. It was totally twisted out of context, and if you actually look at the verse, it was actually saying almost the exact opposite, saying that you're asking for something, and instead of asking for the right reason, you're asking because of your, you know, sinful, uh, selfish pleasure. Mm. But that really just comes back to the heart of what is, you know, what is what is a Christian's goal? It shouldn't be to listen to a pastor or a preacher. Those are helpful, those are beneficial, but if that comes before the study of God's Word for you individually, you are responsible before God. And if you're going to anchor your boat to another man's boat, uh, you, you're going to be let down many a time thinking that they might be anchored to the rock. You yourself need to anchor your boat to the, the rock of God's Word and not be, you know, dependent on, uh, every, on everything for another man. Mm, that's really good. Well, uh, I appreciate you calling in. And like I said, I am going to send you this book, Strange Fire, Nathan. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that you have a great Thanksgiving uh, this year. You as well. All right. Thank you all so much for what you're doing. God bless. Yeah, man. That's good. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Nathan. Uh, That was a good call. Um, You know, you never know what you're going to get on the other uh, end of that line. But uh, that was, that was a great call. Very encouraging from Nathan. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You never know what you're going to get. Um, uh, we appreciate your calls uh, when you call in and uh, you know, this thing about the Holy spirit it is it, it again, it is, uh, it is, uh, I don't know. It, it's tough when you start mentioning names, people get upset with you because they, they get vested in people mm-hmm. because they have a very positive sounding message. Like Joel Osteen, for instance. A lot of people love Joel Osteen because he's so positive. And I will say this. He is one positive guy, man. <laughs> I don't know anybody more positive than him. But unfortunately, he is not very biblical. Uh, yeah. Just Listen, just because you read a Bible verse or just because you say something, um, his theology a lot of times is lacking, and that's sad because if you look and, and look at some of the services, they have 80,000 people that come to that church. It's insane, that number of people. Uh, and I've got friends in the ministry who say well, it's not even a church because they don't teach good theology. He doesn't teach the Bible mm. up there. He just gets up and he speaks a lot of one-liners. But you have to be careful. His books, they promote prosperity gospel. And Jesus did not come to give you a fat bank account. He did not come 
to give you health. He came to uh, redeem you from your sin nature and to put you in the right relationship with God the Father that he wanted you to have and from the beginning. And so I pray that um, that if you are involved with somebody like that or others, that those people um, are are leading you, that you would be a Berean. Go to the scriptures like Nathan said and, and look at the scriptures because the Holy Spirit is not there to glorify you, not there to make your life better. He's to be a comforter, but it's in relationship to your relationship to God and how you serve God out in the world to empower you. You know, Jesus said in John seven thirty seven thirty nine 39, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive for as yet the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So when somebody believes at that moment, the Holy Spirit baptizes him, gives him new birth. It's what Jesus said in, in John three. Now here's what's interesting in first Corinthians six nineteen, Paul said, to the Corinthians who were really terrible pagans. I mean, not they weren't pagans, they were believers, but they were acting like mm-hmm. pagans. He said, do you not know that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now he's talking to people that are believers, but not acting like believers. And he's reminding them that you've been given the spirit, your body's a temple. And so you are to display God to people. And you're not doing a very good job of that because you're, operating in your flesh those fleshly desires that your body has craved is driving you instead of the spirit so that's why we are commanded to be filled with the spirit we're not commanded to be baptized we're commanded to be filled and how do you get filled through reading his word praying that the spirit would take ownership of you that you would yield to the lordship of christ that's what it means to be filled with the spirit and a lot of people mistake that. They think you have to speak in tongues. They think you have to display some ostentatious type of uh, spiritual miracle. But no, it's being obedient to the one true living God and obedient to Christ. So does that make sense? Yeah, I got a question for you, though. Okay. So how do you know people who are you know in the prosperity gospel or you know kind of the the um, the gifts of the Spirit, word of faith type people? How do they take verses like, uh, you know, when Jesus says, uh, if anyone would be my disciple, he must take up his cross and follow me. Like, how do they, uh, what's their interpretation of that? Because the cross is an instrument of torture and and death, right? Yeah. Um, What what do they say about that? They just ignore it? I I think for a large part, they just ignore it, Taylor. They just, well, they they talk about that being a uh, second level discipleship kind of thing. He's not really talking about salvation there. He's talking about discipleship kind of a thing. And But even that's a weak thing, you know, I mean, to make that kind of claim and everything. Um, so I, I think that for the most part, they just ignore it. And um, and does no one really, there are they just kind of, no one calls them out. They just kind of leave them alone or they kind of their own thing. Because, you know, you said the one guy said that um, God would never, uh, something about sickness death 
that that he's never a part of that. I mean, but Axe, we just looked at it a couple weeks ago, right? Uh-huh. Uh, he, he struck two people dead. Um, how, so how do they deal with that? That just because <laughs> you can't even say, oh, well, you know, Job was in the Old Testament, so it's different now. Well, th- that was an axe. So what's what's the excuse there? They here's the thing. They they look at the Old Testament as different. Yeah. And get, when Jesus mm-hmm. came, he just changed. And it was all about making you healthy, wealthy and wise. And, well, no, healthy and wealthy <laughs> and giving you the ability but a lot of it you know what a lot of people teach oh they they're they're not even really teaching power in the holy spirit what they're teaching is power and positive thinking mm, therapeutic deism yeah their faith is in their faith instead of jesus instead of you know putting yeah. their faith in jesus and so i mean when you and, and again I, I go back to what costi hen said they use the same words we use, but they have different biblical definitions than we do. Well, unbiblical definitions. Or unbiblical. Yeah, they're unbiblical. But it really is, It's the, they use the same words. So that's why it's so confusing for people because they think, well, wait a minute. They're saying the right things. But people are biblically ignorant. They don't know the Bible. They don't know context. And so they go, well, yeah, that's in the Bible. I see that. And so does that, I, I mean... That's why we really have to be like the Bereans. We need to go to the Scripture, and whether I say it, whether you say it, whether whoever says it, go to the Scriptures and verify, okay? And I think what you're talking about, that have the same words but different definitions is important. And, uh, you know, we don't see it just with them, but also with the people who uh, have gone woke in in the church. So we need need to really be uh, aware of what the Bible is talking about and what what God is really looking to say to us. So, all right. That's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3, 3 o'clock excuse me, for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 